Sports Minutes with Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. Today, it's all about warnings. It's all about behaving yourself. Why? What happened? No, sometimes not the <laughs> peer pressure. Uh, no, it's, it's, actually, it's actually all part of new English FA rules that say that players could face harsher punishments for bad behavior. Just one case in point, two or more people surrounding a referee. Mm, you know? And we see a lot of that in recent times, right? Uh, Manchester United famously do it quite a bit. <laughs> they like to hound the referee and yeah. I think it's becoming a bit of a problem. I think it's all the more exasperated by the fact that now referees take a bit of time to check VAR. So they're obviously waiting on the video official to get back to them. But then there's impatience among players trying to influence that decision. It's not a good look, but... I guess it can be policed better and that's what the FA are trying to do. So it's quite interesting, right? So you say it's not a good look. Uh, it talks about how you know players cannot uh, confront, invade the personal bubble or personal space uh, or make physical contact with match officials. We all know this, right? You're not going to shove a referee. It does happen, but you're not going to do that. But it's also because, as you mentioned, the VAR thing, is are such overly strict rules? <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but... Is it destroying the flow of a game? It is. It is. To start with, VAR is probably (laughs) ruining the flow of the game, but that's a separate conversation. To your point, I do feel why the need to police everything. We expect so much from these players as athletes, but as well as performers to go out there and put this performance, wear their heart on the sleeve. I think we can, we don't have to set it in stone almost. I feel like they should be allowed to show some emotion within boundaries, of course, but they should be allowed to contest a decision, to question a decision, and ultimately it's the referee who has the final say. So I, I, I don't agree with it. It's odd, right? Because you already know that overly being overly confrontational could result in a yellow card. I wonder, and I say this without knowing, I'll admit, is there mandatory so-called counselling or education sessions with all players, regardless of whether you've done wrong or not, right? Uh, Is there mandatory counselling or education if you've gotten five yellow cards or more? And then you should have that mindset and know that, hey, there's a limit to how far I can go. But this is like, you know... The, the fine is already there even before anything, you know? And, and I like your point a lot about counselling and education because perhaps beyond a match ban, beyond fining a player monetarily, if there was that education element, then perhaps that message will filter... Through. For example, Bruno Fernandes yeah, yeah. goes for this class. It will then filter through to the rest of the Manchester United dressing room. Sure. And that way, the message is passed from a peer rather than the authority itself. And to me... As I say it, I feel like that might have a bigger impact if your captain tells you to err on the side of caution, that kind of a thing. But okay. I, 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 again, understand the referee's safety or security is paramount. We've, I think at some point last year, we spoke about a referee being attacked yeah. by a player and yeah. rightfully sent off. Those are lines you shouldn't cross, but... Overall, it seems quite grey to me, which then obviously aids the ruling party rather than those who possibly could uh, err on the side of caution. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's weird, right? You have all these rules against players which have already existed and they know a proper code of conduct, there's proper punishment. But now, uh, will, will players, with the heat of the game, I mean, are you taking the emotion out of the game? Why not spend more time, you know, instead of coming up with these rules? Already, it's so ridiculous that if I celebrate a goal, 
go by taking out my shirt, mm. I could get a yellow card. Um, if I jump into the stands, I could get a yellow card. I kind of get that because you could be sort of like provoking, I don't know, overexcitement. Uh, let's just put it that way. But why not spend more time on on educating the crowds, mm. you know, from mm. things like racist chants. Mm. And I think that's being slightly addressed in this charter as well in terms of policing the players, but also the fans, because you talk about provocation. Yes. I believe it works both ways. We've seen incidents in football where the crowd is responsible for provocating a player into a reaction as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this charter will aim to address that. And that's the correct thing to do because we talk about racism, we talk about various different chants that filter through from the stands. That needs to be looked up after as well because while it is a club prerogative to make sure their their fans and the people in yeah. the stadium don't cross the line yeah. I think if it comes from an association then perhaps it will be easier to em- implement and enforce and therefore fans will understand how serious this problem is I mean there are a lot of things involved you're talking about a- a- as far as things like points deduction and whatnot but um, to-, to your point right the new charter says that those who commit the vile form of abuse of tragedy chanting will face stadium bans and potential criminal prosecution okay there'll also be resources put in place to educate adults and children alike about the hurt tragedy tragedy chanting causes um, That that's all well good but what's lacking here is it uh, um, an over-dependence on police in England to, to deal with it and again we say this because we're not actually there maybe clubs should um, invest more in security personnel to ensure these things don't happen otherwise they suffer as a result of uh, fans being banned yeah 100% I think Clubs can look into it in terms of handling it hands-on rather than leaving it to the association. Yeah. And that way, there'll be a more closer connection. Off the top of my mind, perhaps you get former players involved as ambassadors to spread that message. Because, like it or not, these former footballers, club icons, have more influence over the fans. And that's one way to infiltrate their minds and try and get that message across. So perhaps that's something they can look into. Having said that, when I mention the word legends, I'm just going to take a walk down memory lane. And we grew up in an era where football was very different. We saw crunching challenges. Yeah. We saw players go up to referees' faces. One Paulo Di Canio comes to mind in terms of sure. pushing a referee. So I think football's evolved as well. Do you have any fond memories of such incidences? I, I'm not sure if I would call it fond memory because it's not the best example, but Roy Keane destroying the career of Erling Haaland's father and the words he said after that. And, you know, years later in an autobiography coming out to say, yeah, I did that intentionally. And there's no punishment, you know, because mm. it's not going to affect your career. I mean, these, these guys got away with that. They did. And I feel it's wrong. Yeah, 100%. That example you bring up of Roy Keane certainly is the prime example of why the game needed to evolve and change and police things better. Yeah. Because someone like Roy Keane, legend in my opinion, but still had that red miss, had that moments where he lost control of himself. Yeah. And those were some incidences in terms of how he essentially ruined the player's career based yeah. on revenge and vengefulness and I don't think the sport has space for that. What is the problem here? It's like, uh, I'm sure you've heard people say, ah, yeah, football is like a hooligan sport, like 22 people chasing after a ball. We've heard all of this before, but I mean, why, why is a game that's, say, a rougher game like rugby referred to as a gentleman's sport? Mm, mm. You know, where is the sportsmanship or even fans for that matter? Why can't we as human beings behave better? Take, for example, over the weekend at the uh, Festival of Football, Liverpool against Leicester City, fans wanting autographs from Mo Salah, what they do, they throw the jersey from mm. the top of the stands. Mm. 
Come on, is is that the way an educated adult behaves? Yeah, this is a very valid question. We have seen social media rife with these videos of throwing jerseys at fans. Hell, some people are even throwing their phones at the players, which I find very bizarre. You must be a very rich fan. But again, it's that, why does that need to be taught almost? Why it, does it make sense for you to throw something at someone who you claim to idolise? It doesn't make sense to me, right? And there are question marks. To answer your question earlier about why football is so-called more hooligan than the <laughs> rougher, other sports, rougher. rougher. Perhaps because in rugby, it's a more rougher sport. Yeah. Therefore, that side of the adrenaline is already kicked out during the action, the, sure. the play. Sure. As compared to football, you have to draw a line and therefore you have this adrenaline that you then need to release somewhere and therefore the players release it by shouting at a referee, shouting at a teammate, shouting at opposition. So maybe the problem is you have these really skillful players and sorry, but uh, I mean, I respect the man so much, Sir Alex Ferguson, how he came out and kept calling for player protection on, on players like Ronaldo for that matter. Was there, was because of his status as Sir Alex Ferguson cause referees to get scared? Mm. Mm. And then the players have their way and who's in control now? I mean, that's that's a very good example you bring up because we did grow up in an era where there was so much, I wouldn't say influence because that seems to be a bad word when we speak about referees, sure. but there definitely was some underlying connotations to what yeah. the referee decides based on who is applying that pressure on them, right? And I think with refereeing as well, it's evolved so much that there are layers now. Yeah. There's You can't, you have to be accountable to your calls, especially your video assistant referee and the way social media is these days. So there are questions. So I think overall, while I have questioned why we need to police it so strictly, I do think it's a necessary step forward in the interim, at least till this message seeps in that you cannot cross a certain line when you are dealing with match officials. I say send all the referees, and I don't mean this negatively, right? I say send all the referees to some form of police training. Mm. Why I say that is because like Howard Webb, one of the best English uh, referees is a policeman, right? Yep. Uh, the refereeing is part-time down there. Uh, and because of that training, you are trained to handle these sort of uh, high emotional situations. I mean, take for example, this poor uh, local referee. Uh, in fact, uh, there was a Singapore Football League match uh, abandoned over the weekend because the uh, referee's jersey was allegedly torn during an altercation with the player. Yeah, that's r- ridiculous, right? And therefore, maybe sending them for proper training to not just control the situation better, but also protect themselves. And this example you bring up happened over the weekend in the Singapore Football League. I believe uh, Warwick Knights and Yishun Sentek Marine were involved. Again, I've been involved in my fair share of Sunday League matches in my life where I've seen tempers boil over. Mm. But still... Your, do you actually want a Sunday League match to become a police case over some flared emotions? It makes no sense to me. And all the more, yeah. this is not just Sunday League. This is the so-called second tier of football yes. in Singapore. Yes. It's not a good look. And I'm just going to say this. I think Yishun Sentek Marine have their prior as well. So there clearly is a disciplinary issue rife throughout football that, that, that needs addressing. Yeah, that's why I think, I mean, and again, this supports the, the point that you bring up, right? If a referee has police training, there is that. But you can count on the training, and I believe in it because I was from that system, you can count on that training to provide a very unbiased point of view. 
right? You are the law. And should there be a need for a police case, you as a player are going, hey, but this guy trained policemen, so what he says mm. is going to have more weight than, than than me and my football boots, yeah. you know? Yeah, ultimately, it's a bit of a reputation thing, right? You, yeah. You subconsciously will realise what you're dealing with, who you're dealing with, and you perhaps might hold yourself back slightly in these situations. And I guess in a Singapore system, just bringing it back home slightly based on that case you mentioned, Maybe there's a lot of things wrong with football. Instilling discipline is a good place to start just so people can take them professionally. So so like more regular counselling education sessions. Maybe that is a softer way of doing things. Possibly it is. And we've seen in the years gone by, it's not just the lower leagues of Singapore football. Even the higher leagues have been strife with these problems. So I like your point a lot. It's It needs to be addressed. It should be addressed. And the education eventually will help a better ecosystem develop. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm getting a phone call right now. It's Roy Keane. He's not happy with you. <laughs> Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.